0: Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift for one of the best double headers we have had in a long time. Saint-Homme-Amand, was where Paranis started. We'll have Toreno Adriatico as well at the end of this pod. It finishes though this stage, the first mountaintop finish, if we can call that, between Pog and Vingegaard. since the Tour de France in a stage race, if we don't count Lombardy, which Pog swept uh, the floor with Jonas <laughs> with 7k 7%, but it comes after like a stepped medium mountain section that I think was raced. Well, I don't think it was raced really hard with multiple short punchy climbs and the intermediate sprint at the end of like a 9k false flat 3% section with six seconds on offer before a descent into the base of the final. Uh, Pedersen. No, not Pedersen caught in the GC lead finger guard. I think it was 13 seconds or so in the end ahead of Pogacar on GC, Benji. We yep. thought Pog would win the stage. Were you surprised by the break composition? Because we sort of, I sort of said, oh, Yumbo could get guys in the break to make it go all the way. It
1: was still a pretty strong break. It was a pretty strong break, but there were riders in there that, if, for example, uh, the Jumbo Visma rider was riding on a different team, he would have likely gotten in the breakway, I think. We didn't see the actual creation of the breakaway so it's difficult to say whether UAE neutralized any attacks by Umbo Visma at the start, whether some stuff was going on between those two teams that made the breakaway form later because I did feel like the breakaway formed late into today's stage. I swear it was like a solid 40-ish kilometers in which means that it takes some time there but there was also services in the peloton because the first like 40-50 kilometers of the stage had potential echelons. There were some Echelon rumors floating around, so there was a possibility there, but that didn't really occur. That break got away, and that break had, like you said, solid riders, two riders from UNO-X. Uh, it also included... that um, didn't include this breakaway. Jesus. Gregard. um you know, boy. Yeah, UNO-X you know, He was from UNOX, you know, x one of those two riders, but next to him, actually, solid climbers as well in Hugo wanted going into the front stage, Pascal Ainkhorn, who has been good at those Mallorca challenges, Kalmajan, warbass, and, uh, well, that's already a, a solid a list of solid six riders right. with Scarcev. So those are riders where, I would say, you still have to pace quite a bit after to get them caught in the end. So maybe a bit more dangerous, agreed, a bit more dangerous than UAE probably wanted in this stage. But maybe stuff happened before the broadcast happened where they had to let this Bray go to make sure a Jumbo rider didn't get in there. We don't know that. But anyway, this Bray got a gap. This break kept on going, but at 90k to go, something happened. At 90k to go, Groupama pulls Crosswinds, and there's a split in the peloton for a bit, and there was some unsureness on the internet whether Vingegaard was behind or not in that split. We know that Pogacha was in the front echelon. Some reports say that Vingegaard was behind in the second echelon. Some say that he was with Pogacha. so I actually don't know where he was, but that on the side... They got caught again, but I do want to notice now, the second the broadcast started, one of the things that someone sent to me was, why is Vingegaard riding with his aero Cervelo bike instead of his climbing Cervelo bike on this stage? Do you think the fear for echelons might have had an influence on that?
0: Oh, uh, because 90% of the stage is flat or ridden over 30 kilometers an hour, then the climb itself is ridden at 25 kilometers an hour, I think, 7k, 7%, very steady, no steep sections. So the aero bike is going to win out like weight really only starts to matter much more above seven percent and you're going to save more before the climb by using the aero bike if the aero bike actually works as an aero bike which i don't know anything about that stuff as i said yesterday we're not tech heads but that's the general reason why you will see guys on an aero bike um in a stage like this even in i mean yeah there's only really the pure mountain stages where you'll see the climb bike and also with long descents you might want uh i think this is why the tcr is quite good that uh, and jaco have a pretty good setup because that's kind of a do-it-all bike that yace was on Not that it helped him too much today uh but before we get into the meat of this stage and it the last 45 case of this was really really good with uae investing a lot it's time for you to invest in the tour of what's hope here from march all the way to the end of this month to april 16th you can unlock the fast track double down on the fun with five stages of the tour of watopia on swift perhaps and as i know many of you have thanks for supporting the show by the way have gotten the zwift hub and you don't need to support the show to want to get the swift hub it is objectively the best priced direct drive trainer on the market trying to put that to use on swift where you get fitter as you earn double xp during every event for the next month about five weeks or so it's really fun tour of watopia and benji and i will be on benji's crushing it at the moment with his fitness goals he put up a he did his first 10 claw you didn't do the climb yesterday benji you put up the video of you doing the first 10 kilometer climb yesterday
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly i did it like two months before i uploaded a video because i'm so far behind on content but i've got around 2,300 gigabytes of like footage of me riding on Zwift on my computer, put it into videos. But I'm, I'm not sure how much of that will make it into videos, but I surely have ridden a lot on Zwift and I'll continue doing it. Maybe not in the Tour of Autopia because I'm stuck in my in my six day stage race at the moment, which had a really depressed ending on my first stage because I finished first in my first stage. So last in my first stage, sorry, first I would have been more happy, but last not that much. So, hey, hopefully I don't get lost on every single stage. <laughs>
0: you won't i think you'll get that cadence up you got the jan ulrich you got the east german cadence benji um <laughs>
1: i fixed it i fixed, you fixed it. it all right it's okay. 80 90 now not like 56 oh,
0: <laughs> i mean bernal lives at 70 cadence 75 cadence so rpm so i mean horses for course or so whatever works for you to be honest summer grinders summer spinners pog was looking a little bit by the way to bring it back to paris a little bit more fluid on the pedals today i was kind of looking yep. at like, oh high cadence uae have had bonin and belgian podcast saying pog would have won all five monuments all three grand tours and world championships if he was using a different bike we've had the bike manufacturer of uae coming back well, saying that's not true or whatever <laughs> i mean to be honest when has pog ever had an issue with his climbing bikes we can talk about christoph on and gavir on this Tons of sprints, but yeah, I I think UAE
1: have done pretty fine. Not a plug, um, <laughs> on their bikes, <laughs> agreed, agreed, agreed. I think, I think Bolden made the mistake by saying a specific kilometer an hour that Bog would have been faster on a where different did he get that bike. from? I, I think he just made that up on the spot and said, Oh, 2k an hour. <laughs>
0: unbelievable <laughs> it's just I mean listen funny, maybe funny. Bonin's also in the wind tunnel I don't know okay back to this stage we have the strong breakaway ahead they are working really well Ancorn did anticipate before one of the climbs and he's solo and he's a strong rider and these are big ring climbs remember wide roads the break behind is still working really well there's multiple riders with teammates in that move and Greg wants KOM points behind UAE have to make up well oh, sorry before the climb, crosswind nervousness, all that really nothing split up. All that really meant was that people spent more calories or kilojoules. we yep. were getting to the front, more nervousness. There had been splits before coverage started, but no one really wanted to continue with it, and no one really knows. If I don't see it, I don't trust it as well, Benji. I'm a bit like that with the live tracker.
1: I get that. When it comes to the intermediate sprint, I do want to ask, like, we see OE face completely out with 50k to go to try and make sure this break gets caught. And they kind of don't succeed <laughs> because the last rider, Scarset, I think, is still up front as we're nearing that intermediate sprint. Then Matthews shoots out and then Pogacar shoots out behind Matthews and Pogacar ends up with those two seconds at an intermediate sprint. Do you feel like you were even messed up there, or is that fine, those two seconds, because Vingegaard would have been the position after him anyway?
0: Um, no, because the, I don't think Vingegaard would have been in the position after him. I don't think so either. So, it actually, sort of a win for Jumbo, uh, both Matthew's friendship over with Pogaccia, <laughs> jumping out to take the six <laughs> seconds, like, yeah, I mean, he got the jump on Pog, <laughs> no one reacted. out of the garage. <laughs> well no it's it's Pog's car in Matthew's garage
1: oh yeah you're right I don't know how yeah. this works now
0: yeah so now I, I don't know what happens second car, car. Um, yeah maybe he has to put another car in there I don't know but one of the break as uh, is a scar set, took the four seconds So we, the reason we say this is because if Pog takes six I don't think Jonas is taking any so the delta is six instead of two which Pog takes uh, in the end at this moment, I was thinking, wow, UAE have spent a shitload of resources bringing back that move. They've got two seconds for it, which is not nothing, but it's not what they wanted. They've also spent Wellens, and they really only have Groschart on the left before a 7k climb. I didn't, I thought there was going to be a lack of control then afterwards.
1: Potentially, but I also noticed that. When that intermediate sprint was over, Matches and Pogaccio went going, and Jonas Vingegaard himself closed that down, not looking at teammates. Like I think Falzar or some other dude from Jumbo was a bit behind Vingegaard, but Jonas closed that himself. Were you surprised by that?
0: I was pretty surprised by that. To me, this looks similar to remember that stage when Wout attacked with like Pedersen on the tour last year, or like there were other stages where Jonas just starts panicking. And you yep. see when he starts waving, no, it knows when he was waving at the <laughs> note. When Wout when went into the break in break formation and then uh, Poggy bridged to him. Yeah. I mean, this happened multiple times. And then Jonas <laughs> was like waving his hands. Yeah. And then didn't wait for his team. And it's like, I mean, if he can, if Poggy can do that descent solo with Matthews and the 7K yep. climb solo and still win. Then you're not beating him anyway. <laughs> like then he's you know too good, maybe too good anyway. <laughs> so I that seemed like he was playing into Pagaces hands because Pagaces wants all things being equal him on the flat in the wind. Jonas on the flat in the wind because Jonas is losing yeah. more on the flat than Pog, who looks he's much more aerodynamic visually. I'm not a tech head, but I see a man that's turned his levers in a little bit. I presume he's gone a little bit quicker on the flat. They've changed their wheels, tires, everything, and and he's got the aero helmet on. Pog too, so he's putting Jonas in the position he wants him to be in after what's been a hard stage in the big ring, and Jonas fell for it. He should have stayed in the wheels. Fdj, Arkea, Asjazir, Ineos, they're going to bring it back on that descent. Yeah, like there's no need to panic. Asjazir, why, why, why ABP? are they there? <laughs>
1: what? Early up the pantry, man. Ooh, <laughs> I didn't know why pacing, is pacing like, <laughs> by the way uh, is is pacing the break same back. thing I guess no they wanted to that... I, I've got the plan they saw Gregard in the break and thought he's going to take KOM points again we got to make sure we can steal KOM points in the coming stages by catching Gregard in the breakaway and therefore reducing the KOM points that Gregard will take in this stage yeah, That's a little
0: I mean, answer, but it made no sense while they were pacing the break back to me with Cockard, but they did anyway. Um, anyway, Ineos take control with Frailer into the descent, making sure they enter the climb in good position. That's what they typically do. That doesn't mean they're gonna pace the climb. They did that with frailer. Martinez felt more comfortable there. Vingegaard was in okay position. Pogachi was a little bit further back. Vingegaard eventually finds his wheel into the climb. And we have in the lighting it, lighting it up. And a hard pace too, Benji, I think, at the base. And this is a UAE yeah. textbook, is you make... If you don't have the full train to pace the whole climb, you may as well use the one guy you have to, yep. like, blow it up at the base, to, call, you know, drop people, drop all the rest of the domestiques, so at least it's pog mano Manu against all the other leaders. And Groschartner was really impressive. I thought his pull was strong.
1: But I do believe this is pure jean erasure. That attack... <laughs> was Latour 2.0. I've never Dude. seen an attack so useless than what Sean Poussin <laughs> did today. He went to the front at the think. bottom of the climb, he <laughs> shot away without screaming, ah! didn't happen today, and he got caught, and he dropped.
0: It was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. Also, when... He's got Vocaline here who's really good. Like, yeah. And we saw some yeah other curious things. In the, in the group. Anyway, Groszak at the heart pace. Of course, the TV directors miss it, like they missed the granola attack, I think. And Jonas has attacked Pogacar early on the climb. Must have been feeling himself. Poggy in the wheels. Poggy doesn't relay Benji. Yeah. Surprised?
1: Doesn't count either. Not surprised because Pogacar's goal on this stage is taking bonus seconds on Vingega at minimum. So the best way to do that is to stay with Vingegaard and then out sprinting him in the end. There's no real rider in the front anyway at that point. There's only riders dropping. Magnus is yellow jersey is back in Narnia, like you would say. Paul's in the Shadow Realm. Sharkman is dropped. Jungles is pacing for Sharkman, so waiting on Sharkman, even though they're close to each other in GC. So was kind of expecting Jungles to have his own freedom on the stage, considering that. But that didn't happen. They were all being dropped. Haig was dropped, so he was also back there. And... I don't know, Pogacar had no reason to really pace with Vingega in my opinion, so I have no issue there. But that leads to the following scenario. If Pogacar doesn't pace with Vingega, Vingega says to himself, well, if I keep pacing, he's just going to counter me in the end. So he also stops pacing and they get caught again in the group and then we see the, the opposite of Jean-Poussin. Jean-Poussin. the worst attack I've ever seen in cycling. Godu, one of the better attacks I've ever seen in so 2023. Smart. One of the best attacks, because he waits until the others are caught, and then at that exact moment, Godo shoots, and Pogacha won't close it, Fingega won't close it, they've just been into a move and there's no real point to it. Sometimes a Pogacha would still jump on that move, but today he didn't, so Godur got the freedom, and it went up to 8 seconds, 14 seconds, 20 seconds at a certain point, before we see other moves like Chris Harper and so forth, but... I didn't expect in Chris Harp, I didn't really trust Chris Harper to close that, so I expected that to come back, but then uh, the big guns started moving again, eh?
0: They did. Pagacha starts to pace back initially, but then he's like, eh, I'm not gonna pace the whole time with Jonas just sitting in my wheel. I did think that was odd, Harper going himself with Yates in the group. Um, yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually not really out to criticize it, Benji, to be honest.
1: Because, like, yeah, it's
0: conjunctive. We, it. We've sat here and criticized, well, I have, Jayco for being like very traditional in their strategies in the past three or so years. Of like, we, oh, Jesus, just nearly inhaled on my defensive Jayco. I was so excited <laughs> to defend the Australian team. I was like, why are you not getting in the break when you have, you know, a versatile sprinter? Don't chase yep. all day, get in the break with court. And they did that last year on Mond and it was successful. And then sometimes they're like, why have you got seven climbing domestiques for Simon Yates, who's just going to drop and lose 50 seconds at the end of the stage? And instead, they're giving Harper a chance to go for the stage. So I'm actually, well, I'm not going to criticize it.
1: Even if Harper doesn't end up taking the stage, means Yates you're putting a rider ahead that would likely drop if Pogaccio and anything attack. Exactly. So by doing that, he becomes a domestique that could be useful later if, you, if Yates drops from Vingegaard, and Pogaccio as well. So I think it's actually a, A useful attack if you look at it like that, because what is Harper going to do in that group? If Yates drops, he can still wait. It's only like 10 seconds on a climb. So that's not the end of the world. So I don't see the issue there. But like you said, Pogacar started pacing and then stopped a bit. But the move that actually happened later, Pogacar's proper attack, seemed a bit odd in the way that Vingo wasn't on his wheel. Pogacar made an instant gap Uh of 5, 10 meters. And because of that, Vingo is out of the draft because there's still some draft day on like seven percent.
0: Of course, yeah, especially when they're attacking at over thirty kilometers an hour, the draft is over ten watts, maybe over fifteen watts. So uh, might even be actually more than that. So yeah, like there's a big difference, especially when Poggy is got the stronger kick, or has the stronger kick than Vingegaard, yeah. and this is where when you saw on when we think about Poggi's attacks in the Tour de France last year, to where's. Uh, Spandell. I would say Spandell were the attacks where Pogaccia got the biggest gaps that Jonas then closed. Uh, Alpi barely had a gap at any point. Um, On Spandell's he had good gaps. Vingegaard never really got back in the saddle when he was closing them. He fully pushed the whole time and there was no like Remco "Ah, I'm going to TT you back. I'm just going to ride my power meter back. No, no, no. He snap closes Pogaccia. And today, 10 seconds, 15 seconds go past, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. The gap's getting a bit smaller, but then it stabilizes. And all of a sudden, Vingegaard just completely cracks Benji as Pogaccia. <laughs> like, that's what it was. This was a full crack. Yeah. Um, I don't think this goes really any differently if he's on the wheel of Pog. When he first attacks maybe he doesn't lose as much time he still but gets proper dropped
1: if Pogatra attacks with vingar on the wheel if he stays on the wheel there is there not a a potential chance that Pogatra sees okay he's on the wheel let's stop the attack and let's try again a bit later he might drop later but it might not yeah. be that early on the climb potentially
0: exactly so yeah maybe he drops him with 1k to go 1500 meters and he won't lose as much time i still think well, yeah, yeah, he's losing time today. Regardless, yeah. Poggy, just way too strong. <laughs> Goodu, Goudou, brilliant. Then he, like, fakes a relay with Pog. He's like, I'll pull with you. Five-second pull. Smart, of course. Goudou should sit in Pog's wheel. Anything else is stupid. Pog paces him the whole time. Pog dusts him in the sprint. I don't really think there's anything David Goodu could have done here differently. I think he actually did the best climb possible. Incredibly smart, the way David yep. Goodu played this. Gino Maeda, though, we go back down the mountain. Gino Maeda's behind Vingegaard, pacing Vingegaard, drops Vingegaard. We see the French... I don't want to hear APP erasure, Benji, even though myself I was mocking ag 2 r during the stage. Volkola and Paripantra go past Vingegaard and drop him as well. So Vingegaard... Boarding candidates for the Christ. tour.
1: Which one? <laughs> Volkola.
0: Yeah, Volkola's legit. Like good, good rider. Um, I think he's locked up for a few years. Let me have a look.
1: In reality, yeah. app as well. app can yeah. top 15 in a Grand Tour and can win stages in Grand Tours. And let's be honest about that. But it was just odd seeing them pace when other teams wouldn't have done it as well. So that was kind of my reasoning behind it. That being said, great climb for my words are escaping from this room. Great climbing performance by those two riders, and then you got getting passed by them is kind of a Similar to what happened to Pogaccio on Granol, fully cracking and then riders right passing you left and right. And what does this do with Jonas Vingegaard after this, and with Jambo visma with their their confidence in Vingegaard and and the race here? The race, like, I'll be honest, after this, ninety nine percent chance that Pogaccio wins this race, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, what's the gap now? Pogaccio takes his 10 second lead ahead of Gudu, forty four seconds ahead of Vingegaard. I don't know how Jumbo Visma's team are gonna pace hard enough on stage seven to yeah take that much time on a seven percent climb even if somehow Vingegaard, like <laughs> finds a lot of watts so yeah. yeah also big problems today for Martinez Yates they lost <laughs> 51 seconds to Pagatcha and that really late burst um Jack Haig lost 138 Paulus dropped early but he actually sort of came back a little bit, but yeah, he finished with Cavania, Benji. Cavania said he's going for GC here. Kavanya, yeah, but... That's actually a good result. It makes no sense that he's going for f- GC, but...
1: I think still. I know the reason. Quickstep is transforming to a GC team for, uh, for not, not for Wout van Aert, for them, Cuevenepul, the other Belgian. And they're having limited domestiques for him. Maybe Cavania thinks, if I can get better at climbing, and he is getting better at climbing, I can stay within this team in the format of a climbing domestique with time trial capabilities for the flat, a cheaper version of Osgrain.
0: I think that's not a bad idea, and in the Vuelta, he was really, really good in medium mountain. So, yeah, I mean, seven kilometers, seven percent. He must have done over six watts per kilo for about 20 minutes. Um, Or no, no, they did, I think it was 16 minutes or so, this climb. My mistake. Anything else from this climb, Benji? Are we are we going to overreact? I should we?
1: Pogachar wins the tour was my uh, was my response at the start of the season. So it's still the same thing. But this this re- this result won't change that. It's a preseason race, and Finagall was much better at the Tour de France last year than he was at Tirreno. That being said, it is going to pop up some doubts. I think in the Yambo Vizma camp just by the fact that Pogacar is beating God that much, and it also maybe gives us a bit of a sign that. Beating a bunch of riders that are not even CTEC Grand GC riders at Gran Camino probably doesn't say much about your formerly season either because Bagdaniel looked extraterrestrial and now he doesn't. <laughs> put Vocal, put vocal in Gran Camino and he comes second.
0: I mean, Vingegaard must have done shit what's today. Like, this is a terrible performance. So, yeah. no, when you, I'm surprised. Like, this is kind of what he did last year. Um, I think if he hadn't won the Tour last year and he was in the same shape this time in March as this as last year in March, he would not have attacked Pogaccio like that. Yeah. I think he attacked because he's more confident and he's won too the Tour. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the end, yeah, he was too confident. He attacked Bob at the start really hard and then wasn't on his wheel and then got cooked. But yeah. Does this, I mean, I think they did about 6.5, early estimation, 6.5 for 16 minutes, and yeah, Jonas did way less than that. So not his top performance, um, but Poggy just superior on this sort of climb. He didn't wait for a sprint. Really, really impressive. Um, does this, what the? this does say to me, Benji, is though, I think I was right in thinking the way Pogaccia rode the mold, Climb was not correct. Just steady pacing the whole time on steep. I think his big weapon is bursts. Like he can really, if he forces Vingegaard to really sprint, I think he can create a situation like today.
1: I think so as well. But I also believe that Vingegaard's level at the Tour de France was significantly bigger, so he might not have made a difference regardless of doing that, I believe. Yeah, but I, I do want to mention, up. outside of that point, Jorgensen, once again, with a proper climbing performance, his GC qualities are really there, let's be honest about that. I don't actually remember his time tri- trial capabilities. From last year, 28th on Rocamadour, so not terrible. Probably can be better if he's in a better team. 11th in the Dauphiné time trial. So he's relatively okay in time trial. Is this the GC rider that Terexig Alfredo should get next year?
0: Mm. I don't know should Trek even go in for GC
1: we've been complaining for three years that they <laughs> don't have a GC talent so we can't we can't t- turn the hairpin now <laughs> Chikane uh, yeah. nice. Nibley yeah. out of retirement <laughs> the Barry reputation yeah, is a Barry <laughs> it's, it's
0: not looking good bro it's
1: no, not the cat is good.
0: dead. yeah I think Shkelmoser is I would keep Developing him. I think Schkelmoser is good. Yeah. And his sprint is like, I agree. Isn't,
1: he, isn't he kind of like Mini Jonas? he's Danish. And is that why you're calling him Mini Jonas?
0: He's Danish, small, <laughs> uh, pale, quite punchy. He's 22. <laughs> like, yeah. To me, it seems pretty, it's all, it's all the same. So yeah. he should be able to do seven for 10. Um nah, but all jokes aside, I think Shion is pretty good. Uh he's locked in for a, another yeah. until the end of 24. Um tomorrow's oh GC over Benji. Yeah. GC yeah. is over. It's done. Um mainly because F. even if even if Jonas somehow was better on the long climb, like he was in the tour, Yumbo's team, Benji can't
1: yeah. Agreed. I just don't see it happening. Like- They don't have the team for it. They can't blow it up in the same way that they did last year on the final stage. But even then, Pogacar would be better on that stage anyway. So, I don't believe they can change this around. I think Pogacar wins Barronese. And it's unfortunate for the race that it happened so early on. But, hey, Vingegaard's not good enough. He's not good enough, eh? Or do you believe that someone else can come around and snipe it away from Pogacar? Like, David Guru, 10 seconds behind. I mean, this is, yeah, it's... It will be interesting. I think
0: if I'm Pogaccia, I would, don't, don't back down, double down. I'd go for more time on the long climb because he is better than everyone here yep. and kill it before stage eight. Yep. You, don't want, you don't want Dava Gadoo around 10 seconds on stage what eight where a mechanical can change things, kill it on stage seven.
1: As spectators do want the gap to be small, so let's hope he doesn't do that on the big climb. Let's hope it's close. I think he
0: will. When Pagacha feels good, he attacks <laughs> every
1: we time. You're talking about Cavagna being in that group, so Brero's also in that group, so he's also kind of that rider. Eh? Yeah, yeah,
0: but he doesn't have the other qualities of Cavagna that I, you know, right in the front,
1: crashing in yeah. time trials.
0: <laughs> yeah, crashing and descents in America.
1: Um, Tomorrow's oh, stage Jesus.
0: in... When was, was that, that was him, right? <laughs> yeah, that was him. Well, right. No,
1: he didn't, right? He was like almost he crashing it up. every he corner.
0: He looked like he's on tram tracks. <laughs> um, tomorrow's stage, though. Pogaccio said he didn't expect to go into yellow, but he'll never turn down a yellow jersey. 213 kilometres from saint So I'm not going to try. It finishes at um, St. Paul's Third Chateau. It has starts with extended climbing, really. Two cat twos, a fifteen hundred meter nine percent climb off the bat, and then followed by a five k four and a half percent climb descent, and then another two and a half k six percent climb. That's a pretty hard start, and we should, should see Magnus. the break forming there.
1: King Magnus takes the stage from the break.
0: Yeah, I don't see any other option either. <laughs> like, who else? Who else is here that? Harper's too close on GC, and it's a flat finish, by the way. There's two Cat 3s um, with 3.5Ks, 4.7%, 4.6Ks, 5%. But they're like 30 kilometers and 40 kilometers from the finish, so you're not going to drop court on them. It really looks that way. I'm looking through for someone else. the Hens should get in the break. Sweeney should get in the break. Connor Swift? Yeah. Tarling. I want to see Tarling in the break, because Martinez, GC, not worth defending. Like, he can defend it himself, but I would like to see Tarling try and get in the break tomorrow, actually.
1: I believe. Uh, Probably. Pollard would probably do that. When it comes to Sharkman, how far is he behind after this one? Because Jungles did base for him, so let's hope he's not then that gets behind. They're both two minutes
0: behind so completely useless too far to get a decent result but too close to get in the break absolutely yeah. pointless um yeah because jungles would be dangerous in a break like this attacking on those final climbs he could make it interesting but i expect a big breakaway all the french teams should want to get in it i agree with benji that cord is really hard to go past but i think sweeney and De Gent are a pretty nice combination uh on a stage like this for Lotto destiny Anything else from Paranese, Benji, before we move on to Tereno? No, nah, just Magnus court Nilsen. Let's go to Tereno. Okay. Tereno. Super. I want to make a formal apology for the preview of this Tereno-Adriatico stage yesterday. I wasted your time, but I most importantly, I wasted Benji Narsen's time. He said to me, stop. Stop previewing this stage. Because I was like ooh, a breakaway could go here. It's going to have like big break. It's going to be tough to bring back and all that. And he's like, bruh, it's going to be the Baez brothers. And you know what? It was the two Baez brothers from Yolo in the break and then two Coratec riders two minutes behind and then the peloton another two minutes behind. So it was like the Italian Pro conti break. It was yeah, fantastic stuff. Even though there were loads of climbs early in the stage, no one, no one at Torino, it's like old school racing, Benji. 217Ks, everyone agreed, we'll race in the last half an hour, but before then, we're chilling.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what they were doing, right? But I feel like the tempo did go up with 30K to go, because there was some nervousness there, and i always heard this Patrick Bro guy tell me that, Italy, no wind, Italy, no wind, no echelons in Italy. It doesn't happen ever. It doesn't. It doesn't happen, eh? Until today. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well the echelon didn't stay away um, so I it, Jumbo Visma out of nowhere like we, everyone's just like ah, it's going to be a sprint it's Italy, straight road, it's going to be a sprint Jumbo Visma go to the front with Benoit, Van Dvanbala Roglic, Wafana, and Walter, be, Walter, is he here?
1: he was the first rider to kick it mate
0: is he allowed to do that? Is Volta going against Team Orders again? <laughs> <laughs> Benoit was not happy. <laughs> yeah, Tej Benoit starts sitting on, then attacks the echelon. Yumbo <laughs> um, actually got a split. The problem for them was Ineos couldn't make up their mind quickly whether they wanted to cooperate. They had Ganna, Sheffield, and Aronsman in the group, Pidcock off the back. Should Ineos have gone all in to this echelon, Benji?
1: Um... They've I got Jenna, they Gegenhardt, Sheffield, Arensman. Well, I would say yes. The stage sp- on offer too. But regardless of the stage, they're gaining time in GC with Gegenhardt and Arensman.
0: On Enrique Mas.
1: On Enrique Mas and Ric- Ricardo Yates is in the group. So not on, not on the Ricardo Yates. But I do feel like it was a weird echelon because this group was ahead for a tiny bit, it was roughly a kilometer. The pace stops a bit. When Yambu kind of looks behind and there's like a few riders that don't take over. And then the gap is down to eight seconds instead of the 15 that was before. And then we see moves from behind in the second group, which they're they're not really pacing. An Arkea rider is pacing, but drops the entire group in doing so. So it's bridging solo. Then we see basically six riders bridging solo. Ma's already bridged at this point. So we had, it was like everybody was was attacking from the second National (laughs) Hunt. To the first yeah, one instead nah, of facing the second echelon. That's why, no, nah, I'm
0: defending myself. That's why echelons <laughs> in Italy aren't real echelons. Because in real echelons, that doesn't happen. Where people are like, ah, fair enough, I'll just go to the group up the road now. <laughs> in real echelons, you can't do that. You have to come back with the group. Like Van Der Poel, bridge, everyone bridge. And Ineos eventually started working. McNulty started working, but it was too late. Even, I mean. I'm going to be hypercritical, Benji. Wavernart did he the echelon formed and he started doing what he did in Tour de France stage seven in 2020. He went to the back of the group and stopped pulling. Yeah, and it's like and then the momentum dies. And I know he had been working, but he's just maybe he's looking to see who who's in the group. And we have Benny, we have Philipson. So at that point, you're like, fuck, we're we're going to gain two seconds on GC for Roglic. Maybe we're going to put all this effort in. And Philipson's going to win the stage anyway. Not a great, you know, effort to reward ratio. And anyway, it comes back. But it was cool to see because, listen, I got out of my seat. I was like, oh, 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 wait, what's going on? I thought it was going to be so boring. It does, and this is why, it does make a difference when it does come back, Benji. I think that it helps Philipson so much more than Gronavegan and and, and, uh, Jakobsen, who have been behind. What do you mean? Well, Jakobsen's tired, yeah, stressing but behind.
1: Philipsen also worked in the front echelon, so I would True. also say he kind of spent some energy. But I don't know. Yeah. You don't know who's, who spent the most energy in these situations. But Quickstep did close the final, the final gap with Jakobsen, not directly in the wheel of the Quickstep train, I think. But that being said, they stormed into the front instantly. And we go into the final few kilometers with, again, some chaos of everybody trying to get to the front. With Like every single sprint stage is here. What is up with people not getting to the front in time? and also having to do it in the last two kilometers, everybody at once. And that causes trouble, because then people can't get to the front and can't stay to the front. And Bahrain is a team that is positioned well. Alpazin is positioned well. Quickstep was positioned well, but then wasn't, because Jakobsen got pushed to the back a bit and didn't have a lead out. He had no rider in front of him helping him out today, if I recall correctly. So he didn't really have a good wheel at that point. He was an eighth wheel going into stretch, basically, and this, the the lineup was like this: Bahrain rider, we've got an Alpinist rider, which is Vanderpool, the second rider. Philipson in the wheel, Bauhaus in that wheel, a confidence rider who can't hold the wheel, so it goes out of the way. Moschetti Renard. has to close that, and Fanard was roughly somewhere in that area. I think Jakob might have been ahead of Fanard in seventh or eighth position that's the lineup yeah. going into the final stretch and what do we see
0: well yeah Wout has decided that jakobsen is the wheel to be which i sort of disagree with jakobsen and merlier's wheels are not the place to be because yeah. if they get it right you're not coming out of their wheel they win they sometimes also get it wrong and they literally don't get into a competitive position to sprint and so philipson is the master of getting into position to contest as many sprints as possible, it's incredible. And MVP,
1: but oh, what? Can you follow Phillipson during all those gaps? Is that he's the so danger? He's so small. He, like, he just gets through, through so many
0: small. gaps. <laughs> yeah, it's impressive. And maybe not. And he's just the master of these sort of finishes. And MVP, Benji, he's done some meh leadouts before. Yep. This was a masterclass big, he like wound it up like 20 second lead out and as they come around the last bend really brings Philipson up to speed, drops him off with a hundred to go zero chance anybody could come out of Philipson's wheel. Philipson says afterwards, um, you make, you didn't have to make it so easy for me. That was in Dutch, Benji Machalik, that's Dutch for easy. Thanks for coming to my Duolingo lesson. <laughs> um, yeah, like a weird finish. A messy finish. When there are messy finishes, there are two men that are, you want to look for. One is Jasper Philipson. Second is Phil Bauhaus. He comes second here. <laughs> Binny third. He goes threat of death under the barriers under Moschetti. The third, uh, Consoni fifth. I don't know if it's him or young, talented French writer Axel Zangler who lost the wheel. Vanart uh, sixth, who said he wasn't going to contest the sprint but then contested. Uh, turns, Edward... Seventh, Gronavegan, eighth, Jakobsen, ninth. Didn't really contest, Maus tenth. Um, Albison are on the board, Benji. Uh, are rumors of their demise exaggerated?
1: I believe they were. I have believed that they were exaggerated for the entire year, but mainly because we, we still had to see the big guns. In February, like Phillipson had run two races, I had bad luck in two of them. He had a crash in one of them, had a puncture on the mood in the other one. So, I was expecting Phillipson to come back from that. And he does that yesterday. He was close in the sprint, was that yesterday? I don't even know, but he's gotten close in a sprint in this year. <laughs> and today, he ends up winning it in pretty pretty solid fashion. Great lead out by Vanderpool. Vanderpool might not be on the level yet when he comes to his classics, but he's gonna get there by the time the classics arrive. The big one, so I've got confidence here. Then again, MSR is in a week, right? So he doesn't have much time to get it in, in the form for MSR.
0: I think, I mean, MSR. I think Vanderpool's always going to be good at, um, yeah. Because you only need to be kind of ready for the last hour. It's the harder races where, like Estrada Bianca, where if you don't have the fitness, you don't have it. Uh, yeah. In terms of GC, no changes. I did like seeing uh, eight thousand watt. Master Leonard Kamner mixing it up with the Jumbo Visma echelon. That was really cool to see. Um Not really much more to say from this, Benji, just Phillips and doing Phillips and things. Like tomorrow yep. we have a classics sort of style finish. The Grecchio to Tortoretto stage. There is repetitions of a 3.2 kilometer seven percent climb. They do it from the other direction, 4.6K is 4.2 percent. Uh, or different direction. Initially, they finish on that. This has got to be Pidcock.
1: Er, uh, this is gonna be the Pidcock versus Wladimir versus Vanderpool stage. No, we'll see how good Vanderpool and Fanard are on this stage. Roglic actually would also do really well on this stage if he's What's informed, the which do? we all sort of don't know. So that's a that's a good question. What are they doing? I don't know. I generally don't know. Benoît Cosnefroy is a name I'll throw on the table. He no, here? he's a. He's not here. I was looking at the 2022 star list, which is. Oh, no, he is here. Oh, he is here. He's also he's here, here this year. Yeah. <laughs> so they he's finally sent him, him to races that sued him. Yeah. Other riders that will do well here Axel Zengle?
0: No, oh. too hard. Too hard. Oh, okay. I, I, I believed
1: in the young, talented Frenchman, my man. Not,
0: not that talented. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: <laughs> F. LeFay. Sean
1: Quinn, top 10. Mm hmm. Facher. Woods. Pacher's nice, Maduas. You know, I do love Pacher. Maduas, man. Buggy. Enrique Mas. Who else? Enrique Mas. That kills me every time. <laughs>
0: uh, Almeida. Alafali. Covey's Kobe. nice. Yates. Alafali, is Damn, we got some fucking good punchers contesting this stage. <laughs> Peacock, Vanderpool. Alafali. Wow, Van, well, Van Ar. Cosnifra. Fay, this is really nice. Now I know half Adam these riders. Puru. Damn, this is like the punchers world championships. Well, the problem is that most of them are not in form. I know that's the thing. It's like it sounds good on paper, but half like half them are here, You're like, I'm here to train, bro. Not like cos I like from one, like a drop first
1: climb. One leg that works at the moment, but this is kind of a copy paste of the Bellante stage, no?
0: Yeah, of last uh, year.
1: Or is it I, harder?
0: This is harder, I think. Uh, Belante, let me have a look, see. Oh no, Benji's not far off. Belonte was 4.2k, 6%. So
1: Mate, it's a copy-paste.
0: It is copy-paste, yeah. It is virtually the same. A little bit harder, a little bit steeper. The finish so of Belonte was 3.7% for the last 1,200 meters. That's not that hard.
1: Simmons on the break for km. We're going for the stage this time. Is he uh,
0: here? He will attack at the base of the last climb and drop. I think. I think Simmons wins the stage. No, come on.
1: <laughs> what? YOLO.
0: I mean, I'd love to see it, but I don't think so. Um. I'm going with. Let me go with Roglic. I think Roglic is baiting. I, I think he's trolling. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think he's trolling. Shaved, the unshaven legs. I think.
1: If I was Jumbo, yeah. If I was Yambo, I'd pretend he's going to the Giro in the last minute. Drop out <laughs> of the Giro. No, then, then be <laughs> terrible at the Giro. Then sign him up for the Tour de France. I mean, it's still
0: time. <laughs> like, <laughs> possible. Um, he hasn't done that many race days, but yeah. I'll be interested to see how they go. They got the team, but maybe the... Maybe they play it like a classic stage and Benoit goes early um, and force Alberson and Quickstep to chase. Hopefully it's good. I think... No, no, I'm rescinding my pick. Rescinded. Officially rescinded. Pidcock absolutely tortures everybody. I think he's going to okay. cook everyone. Quinn Simmons. Simmons and me going with uh, Pidcock. He's recovered from his hangover even though he doesn't drink. So, that's him and Remco don't drink. But he had a hangover. I'm just going to... That works for the TT in my little narrative. Anyway, <laughs> Toronto, an interesting finish to what could have been a really dire stage. Actually, two good days of racing. Tomorrow, we should have a break in Paris, and I think this is the one to watch. A lot of good punchers going head-to-head. Any last thoughts, Benji? What, if, what if I have I been going... Oh, movie reviews. Um, I said this on Twitter. So, is there anything worse? You know when you build up a movie you're going to see and you love the director, and you think it's going to be so good because you, you like love the director so much. And it's also the movie's been well hyped. So like I loved in Bruges. I love three billboards. I love the guard. Some of my favorite movies. So like Martin McDonough's like new movie Banshees of in. I saved it for the long haul flight from Singapore to Barcelona. I'm locked in ready to watch it. And I built it up in my head and it's like award-winning and it's got Farrell, it's got Gleason in it. And it wasn't a bad movie, but I just didn't enjoy it as much as my expectation thought I would because of all those factors. And that was so much more disappointing than if I just randomly watched a bad movie. And it just, it really threw me. And I didn't know how to feel about it. and. I just didn't think it was that funny, and I didn't get the point of it.
1: Do you ever have that? Cool story, bro.
0: You've never I've had have that, that. With a movie. I've got or a, a TV shows probably, like a second As season in, or something.
1: Yeah, definitely with second seasons and like TV shows that I'm looking forward to and so forth. But I have gotten to the point where back in the day, like student days, I watched so many TV shows that I only watch like the ones where I'm certain it's gonna be good ones, and if they then disappoint then I'm devastated. I'm a broken man for life. Ah, oh. And yeah. yeah, that does occur. But I get over it because cycling is my escape from the world. And then I look at cycling and I'm like, oh, everything's good again. <laughs> Fuck me, mate. I look
0: at cycling and I'm like, holy shit. I my brain just thinking too much. <laughs> I, I want to watch things to chill out. <laughs> Cycling's not where I got to relax. And then I watch Banshees and I'm like, Jesus. Irish families not talking to each other is a little bit close to home for me. No one's speaking <laughs> to each other in an Irish family, so maybe that's why I didn't like it. It's like you're not happy unless we all have grudges against each other. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, anyway, that's my movie review. I thought uh, Ray <laughs> Fine's in the menu was actually very good, and in The Forgiven, I thought that was a very poor movie. Um, but maybe because. Maybe because I'm the villain in all these in all the movies at the moment. You know, the villain is me. In Rocky, it's the Russian, you know, boxer. The, maybe because the villain's me now. I'm like, oh, I don't like this movie. It's like, because you're all the fucking villain, you idiot. Anyway, <laughs> that's my movie reviews. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you with Paranis Toronto tomorrow. Ciao.